Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I'm Tammy. I'm Michelle. I'm Gracie. And a hug is a gesture intended to convey a sense of care and support, safety, intimacy, and affection. And even though we can't wrap our arms around you, we want you to consider yourself hugged. Well, hi, ladies. We're back again for our third, our third session together, our third topic together. So excited to see your faces. And we will talk about, we will talk about all the private stuff that we talked about before we started to record. (laughs) I mean, we always can. You're welcome. You never know what's gonna, what's gonna come up. And so this is, this is our fourth show together though, right? We did one on like mental health in the church. Oh, wait, then if we're counting those, it's our fifth because we did a part one and a part part two. two. Right. You're right. You're right. This is our fifth time together. Yeah, we don't, we aren't good with numbers. This is like holds true from before too. Like we don't know. That's exactly, that's exactly. We're just relishing the experience. That's right. That's right. And (laughs) I love that, you know, I don't think we said it this way last time, but we're going to sort of like take leads for the different months. Although we think we are, that might change. But for this particular mental health awareness month, it is Michelle's like, topic and content. So we don't really know what she's going to throw at us. So this will be the last one for mental health awareness month. And we want to remember to always tell you that what we're presenting here is general advice. We hope that it will just really speak to you, but it's not intended to just be like counseling or therapy just for you. And we will always put all of the resources that we can think of in the show notes. So always reach out for help. You know, if something here touches you, then start with our show notes or somebody you trust. Um, so want to always say that. So Michelle, what do you have for us today? So today we're going to, I just want to open it up first with a question that I'm going to pose to you and Tammy and Gracie. Like, is it important or how important is it to heal from like things that happened in the past? Lots of different philosophies on that. Lots of different ways people handle that. Is it important to bring that back up? Is it important to um, kind of take another look at that? Even if it's not something you feel like is in the forefront that you think about a lot. So Tammy, I'll let you start. What What do you think? Oh my gosh. It's so timely that you asked that. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I think... It is so important because lately I've realized that I have not healed from the student. Did I talk about this last time? Um, the, the student teaching? No. Okay. Well, just the short story is, you know, I was doing my student teaching and the, the cooperating teacher said to my college professor who came to visit, said to him about me in front of the class, she has no initiative and doesn't belong here. So I was 30. And after growing up with all the things that I had, what she was seeing in me was fear and timidity that I, that I was afraid to speak up. But I realized only recently that I have not healed from that. And so I will, for example, cram a million things into my day because I feel like if I'm not doing that, I must have no initiative. So my answer is wholeheartedly, at least from a personal perspective, because that's where I am right now in that. So important. That's my answer. And I agree. 
And I think that, you know, kind of like what we were talking about before, how we have a tendency in a culture to do yes or no, you know, the whole this or that. I think this falls into what healing is. Because I think a lot of people think healing is, oh, when I think of that or I come into a similar situation, it doesn't hurt me anymore. It's not uncomfortable anymore. Hmm. And that's that's not necessarily what healing is. I mean, oh, that's it's kind of like, right? It's kind of like grief. We never unlose our loss. Mm-hmm. It's how we incorporate that loss or process it in in today's life. So I think we're never going to unexperience something that that traumatized us or or hurt us. But the healing is going to make that go away. It's going to allow us to live life fully without those barriers. And so I think one of the things for me, and I love cheesy motivational posters, right? And all of those things about how you it's do- not a, oh my gosh, yeah. It's it's not a obstacle, it's an opportunity, you know, all that that type of stuff. And I and I think right, and I think part of healing is, is to be able to take it and use it versus it preventing us from doing things. So I know for a lot of my stuff, you know, trauma, everything else, I have become much more compassionate and much more empathetic. But I had to heal so I could be compassionate for other people versus putting my trauma on them. Because there's a difference between being compassionate and saying, oh, let me protect you from everything because I don't want you to be hurt. No, that's my, that's my trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. I, yes, absolutely. Healing's absolutely necessary. And it's not going to make bad things good. We're still going to be well, uncomfortable with life. Darn. I know. Right. <laughs> this is the worst podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> but then those obstacles become opportunities. Obstacles again. <laughs> you know it's, it's being able to use it you know and, and be more fully feeling safe to be vulnerable and all those things that make a really really healthy human being yeah yeah I had no idea you love the cheesy motivational things so now that I know you're going to be getting them <laughs> well, I love them too, so you, can see you love them our- too okay in our little text group I didn't know yeah. that about you either Okay, so okay, the next thing I'm going to ask you guys to do, and I'm going to ask everybody listening as well, I want, you know, we've all heard probably at this point about ACEs, like adverse childhood experiences. You guys heard about that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of, of teachers, educators, a lot of social service um, individuals who listen as well. And um, so more than likely you've heard of ACEs as well, but just to give a very brief history. So the ACEs study, it was um, in the early, mid-1990s is when the study originated, and it kind of came about by accident, but what the study did, it was a very large study with over 17,000 people, and the outcome of that was it proved really that early childhood experiences, that adverse childhood experiences can impact lots of different areas of health later on in life and not just areas of mental health although it does impact that but it also affects things like cardiovascular disease Mm. um, COPD um, risk for diabetes lots of different things that it impacts and the study really I just recently heard one of the um presenters of the study talk about it and he said like the first person that they did because what they were actually studying was weight loss 
and there was a person and he called this person patient zero. I don't really like the term patient zero. It makes me think of a sci-fi movie. But yeah, he, he um, said that they took this person from 400 pounds to 132 pounds. And then the, in 51 weeks. So that's pretty incredible. 400 wow. pounds, 132 pounds in 51 weeks. Year. Yes. And so the person stayed at 132 pounds for a few weeks and then gained 37 pounds in three weeks, which he didn't really even think was physiologically possible. And when they started asking how, like the woman said, I think I am sleep eating. Like she would go to, to bed and the kitchen would be clean. She would get up and it would be a mess and there'd be all kinds of cans and things open. And so she, she gained that weight. And then quicker, he said quicker than the time it took her to lose it. So Quicker than 51 weeks, she gained it all back to 400 pounds. And then she left the study. And he said that they didn't hear from her again for 12 years. But what happened in the meantime was friends and family raised $20,000 for her to have bariatric surgery. She had the surgery and lost 96 pounds and then had all kinds of, um, like she had five mental health hospitalizations. She had multiple suicide attempts. And no one could really kind of explain it. But once she really kind of got into therapy and got to looking at it and what she reported back to them when they got back in touch with her 12 years later was that, um, and, and they had already realized that there was an incest history, that that was one of the things that was mm -hmm. causing some difficulty. Yeah. And she said that like when she was around the 132 pound mark that someone at work hit on her. Wow. And that's How when triggering would that be? Yeah. Wow. And that's when she started um, the sleep eating. And then at night when she lost the 96 pounds and due to the bariatric surgery, she could not gain it back. And so like her protective factor that she was using her coping skill was kind of just removed from her without working on kind of right. the, wow. the problem underneath. Mm -hmm. And that caused kind of the like disruption and, and things she saw then. And so um, kind of just looking at it from the perspective of, you know, my own, I think there are so many things I think that we do in everyday life that may tie back to something that we may not even realize at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm going to ask is I'm going to read the 10 different questions on the ACE study. And I'd like for you guys to fill it out for you, but I also want you to fill it out for one or both of your parents, the best you know. So you'll fill out the score for you. By fill out, we're just numbering as you're reading them. Yes. And so every single one that's a positive is one point for okay. a total of 10 possible points. Okay. And okay. so you'll do a column for you and a column for one or both of your parents. Okay. But again, for as, as, as much as you know. Okay. And I did this um, earlier. I did it for me. I did it for my mom. So mine was five. My mom is a seven or an eight out of 10. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to read them. And again, one point for each one of these that occurred for you and one point for each that occurred for your, your parent in their column. So one, did a parent or other adult in the household often swear at you, insult you, put you down or humiliate you? or act in a way that made you um, feel that you might be physically hurt. Two, 
did a parent or other adult in the household often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured? And this includes, I'm going to say about number two, this includes like if, you know, I grew up, that was kind of old school discipline, but that counts. Banking okay. with the belt. Uh-huh. Yeah. It yeah. counts. Three, did an adult or person at least five years or older than you ever um, touch you inappropriately or have um, any type of sexual relationship with you? That's one, another point. Four, did you often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special? Your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other, or support each other. Five, did you often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, and had no one to protect you, or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or take you to the doctor if you needed it? Six, were your parents ever separated or divorced? Seven, were any of your parents or adult caregivers often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at them, or sometimes were often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard, or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or knife? Eight, did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or used street drugs? Nine, was a household member depressed or mentally ill, or did a household member attempt suicide? And 10, did a household member go to prison? Okay, so those are the 10 like standard ACE questionnaire questions. And again, that was from the mid 1990s. So, I mean, I think we all know and, and realize that there's a whole lot more things that probably cause trauma and stress. I mean, there's a whole new slew of things these days that can happen when we're children that um, causes difficulty. But like when looking at your A score, when looking at your parents' A score, did hey, it Michelle, surprise you? Your face is going like halfway off the screen sometimes when you. So oh, I'm sorry. Just want to see oh. your beautiful face while you're talking. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, did anything like, did your ACE score or did your parents' ACE score surprise you? Have either one of you ever done this before, the ACE, ACEs? I have. It's been a while. Yeah. What surprised me is that I couldn't answer any of them for my mother. It surprised me at first. Then I realized in my family growing up, we didn't talk about any of this stuff ever at all. But yeah, I couldn't even guess for my mom. And I couldn't even answer from my dad mm -hmm. for most of them. I could answer from my mom, but not from my dad. I was like, I have, I have no idea. We I never did. talked about how he grew up ever, you know, nothing right. about his childhood. Yeah. yeah. And like for, for my mom, like I had to answer based on like random stories. She told me. Right. Um, random stories that when you think about the fact that they gave her an A score of seven or eight, aren't really just like random stories. Right. right. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot, a lot going on there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so in, in looking at this, there's like the cutoff, I think that um, what they said for an A score of four or higher puts you 
at risk for a lot of the other things. And I'm going to read a couple of the things that um, that it puts you at risk for. And I don't mind sharing too with you, Michelle. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that sharing in this context is completely what people feel comfortable with. And I was at a five as well. And it was interesting what struck me, you know, the, the biggest one for me was having the mother who had severe mental illness, you know, for my entire life. But, you know, some of them, you have to listen to the whole thing and you're like, do any of those. But on that one, it was like immediately. Oh, yeah. 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 So you're at a five. I'm at a five. I'm at a four. Uh, at a four. Yeah. So we're all over four. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yay. Or <laughs> Well, there's a reason that we do what we do. Absolutely. That is absolutely, absolutely the truth. And so in reading these statistics and um, they will be posted and uh, the, with, along with some other um, sources of, of information about and ACEs, it, you're not familiar the questions with questions will be posted as well, right, Michelle? You yes, said. absolutely. Okay. The um, questionnaire will be posted. It's a free use document. Um, but again, kind of in the talk from one of the original uh, researchers who did the ACEs study, there's a tenfold increase in addiction if you have four or more ACEs. So individuals who, like as a child, had four or more ACEs had a tenfold increase in chance of addiction. If you had, if one of your ACEs was parental substance use, you had an 81% chance of having another ACE and you had a 58% chance that you had four or more. So parental substance use is a is a, a strong indicator that there's going to be other um, dysfunction mm -hmm. there. And I think, you, and correct me if I'm wrong, Michelle, and I think that's even if you don't know that the, the parent has a substance abuse issue. Yes. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Um, and you have a 20-fold increase in risk of attempting suicide based on these statistics. 60%. And I'm going to really ask you guys what you think about this next statistic because I feel like it's high this is what what he said but again this um, talk was several years old but 60 percent of women with four or more ace, aces suffer from lifelong depression seems about right to me I don't know I mean I, I don't I haven't read any of those statistics like I don't my monster is anxiety more than it is depression but um and it, so I don't know I haven't I haven't read about that how do I feel about it? I don't really know. Well, I just think anecdotally, all my folks that I've done trauma work with, I I can't think of a single one that didn't have a coexisting depression diagnosis. Mm. Mm. Okay. Now that's you know very specific, but yeah, I can't think of anybody. And there's there's so much to it, isn't there? I mean, I think about my mother who was raised by two parents, she was only child and they doted over her and loved her and took care of her and moved to, from Ohio to Tennessee when, when my mom and dad moved here and just loved us and all that. Um, you know, as far as I know, she would have answered no to all of these. And yet, you know, right there we were genetics. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know all of the experiences that she had outside of what I knew. Um, well, yeah. I think that's, that's a hard part because I know when I did mine for my mom earlier, you know, 
again, you don't know for sure. So I'm thinking seven, eight. And one of the ones that I didn't like the sexual abuse question. But then I also realized that is definitely not something she would have talked about. No, right. If that ever happened to her, it absolutely wouldn't have been something she talked about. Hopefully it didn't. She never mentioned or said anything about that, but it would not have been discussed. That's interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, who knows with, with my mom, you know, I don't know, you know, for sure. She, she did talk about everything. She was an open book, but there may have been some things that, that I wouldn't have known. And one of the, like the um, things that the speaker said, these researchers that did was, was how shocked they were, how prevalent like sexual abuse is. Like they would yeah. have never guessed like the, that it was as prevalent mm-hmm. in the United States as, as it was. Well, friends, we didn't know it at the time, but we decided to break this into part one and part two for a couple of reasons. We didn't want to put too much heaviness on you at once, and we want to be respectful of your time. So thank you for joining today. It's just me closing us out because, again, this was sort of a last-minute decision. And also, we apologize for no episode last week. Let's just say... Lots of things came to pass that prevented that from happening. So thank you for your grace. Thank you for joining. Thank you for inviting your friends. As always, we invite you to subscribe, download. If you're a woman and you are not yet on our private Facebook page, you can get there um, a place for women. And so the link is in the show notes. We will always have the links to the mental health resources and things that we talk about in the show. So be sure to check those out. We will have part two next week where we finish talking about this survey and just lots of things about healing. So until we're together next time, it's just me, but think of it from all of us. Consider yourself hugged.